0: Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has Um. in store.
1: So I had a dream, and I wasn't sure if I should share it or not and because um, I haven't fully unpacked it, but I have a sense of it. So in the dream, I was, uh, I was the bride, and there was a bridegroom and the friend of the bridegroom, and um, the friend of the bridegroom was a, a strong, powerful female, and um, they were laughing. They had this deep relationship beyond like what I had with the groom. Okay, are you are you tracking with me? Okay, so in the dream, I'm standing there in the kitchen and I'm cooking and I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sick and tired of this watching the two of them having all this fun. And I'm not jealous like they're doing anything wrong. I'm not suspecting that they're messing around. In the dream, I'm just mad. I'm jealous for that relationship. And I go off and I'm mad. And they hear me and they let me... Run that out. And in the end, I'm just standing there. So I don't have a finale for y'all. But what I've, what's been coming to me this morning is that I am jealous for that relationship. I am wanting to be in a deeper relationship with my bridegroom, Jesus, and that there's room for me. It's not like a bromance. You know, yeah. there's room for me in there, and that I just haven't stepped into the relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. It's like in because of this dream, I feel like me and you are being invited into deeper relationship. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Does that make sense? And so, what's standing in my way? Some of it's. Um, I don't think I can, right? I don't think I can do those things. And we've been talking about walking out in the gifts and all that spirit and all that stuff. We've been talking about it, we talk about it. And some of us are starting to do that, and, but there's this great need in the world, you know? And Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and God the Father, they're already at work. They're already doing it without me, without us, if you will. But there's that invitation, I feel, Does that resonate? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that with you. Even though I haven't unpacked that all the way for myself, I think it's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like it's just for me. Do you know what I mean? Because when I woke up, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. I wasn't anything. I was just like, hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Did you have something, Mary?
3: I kind of agree there. Uh, I do feel we're being called to a closer walk. And... That there is something that Jesus has for us to do, but I don't think he's going to reveal that to us. the Holy Spirit's not going to reveal that to us until that relationship is good and solid that we've made the commitment to where we could actually fulfill the mission that he has for us so I think he wants us to be prepared to do what he has for us, and maybe we're just since we we you know I don't see a single Singularity of a this is our mission, and it doesn't have to be that way. It could be multiple, but you know I feel that at some point maybe a light bulb is going to go off and we're going to realize as a church This is what we're supposed to be doing But God's been waiting for us to get to the point of commitment and and have him totally in charge of our lives And following the lead of the Holy Spirit until maybe that'll happen. So this is a growing time and it's a wonderful time. Growing is wonderful. And it's a great experience.
0: I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm just thinking about that provoking to jealousy and, and like, how else are we supposed to discover what's not there? Right. Sometimes we don't realize what's not there until you're like, oh, I like that. And I kind of, I'm like, I'm irritated and provoked in a good way. I like, got mad at the person. You're you're mad that you're not there. You're not like mad that you're not that way. You're not like I want to know them that way. Like I always I always talk about Michelle because that was that was instrumental in how Michelle God used Michelle in my life is to provoke me to jealousy constantly because I was always seeing her like man she'd have these little fun little stories about how God was speaking to her. He gave her a prophetic word and she'd share it with somebody and then he would get, she would get blessed by this like free something ridiculous or. Like she'd just pray for it and God would give it to her. I'm like, it would just make me so mad. (laughs) I'm like, I like it, but why am I not getting that? Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, do how do I get there? How do I be like you? I don't know. How do I fit in this? I don't understand. And so I'd pray, and and it constantly. He's like, you can be here. You can be here. It's invitation. He's like, it's always been available to you. The problem is you just didn't realize how much you wanted it until I said hey, look at this. Is this how do you like this? And it's like, he's not like just being mean. He's just, man, I, he's like, I want something more than what you've got here. You've been satisfied with where you are. You should not be satisfied with where you are because I have so much more. Not should, not shaming you, but like, I have so much more. If you only had an inkling of how much more I have in store for you, you wouldn't hold back. You'd actually say, okay, I'm running for this. And I think it's a little bit of what you're, Mary, what you're saying is, we don't, we're not going to arrive. We're, you know, obviously, we're never going to fully arrive to a place where like, now we can go on mission. He's like, no, go on mission. But, but there has to be, you're right, a relationship really grounded in him. Because like, you know, when you're going out and doing all the things to pretend you're like the bridegroom, my best buddy. Like, actually, it would be nice if I actually had that relationship with him. Then I could actually go from, you know, because we don't want to, I think we talked about it on um, Friday. Was, I think Miranda was sharing, um, we don't do, because that's the problem, we do a lot. He's like, no, you're not, you're not doing the things, you're being with me. You're my son, my daughter, you're my bride. This is who you are. Now operate in that place of being the bride, being that person that's in that place of full relationship, at least understanding here and deeper in here. It has to go from here to here. And then once it's in here, you can walk out and do anything with God. You could do a lot of things with God. You could do simple things with God. You can be steady in that place of prayer and intimacy because once God had me there, and it wasn't long, it doesn't have to be 10 years. And I'm just saying, please don't take 10 years. Don't take 10 years to say, maybe someday in 10 years, I'll be close to God. And like, what if in three months, what if in a month you're like, your life is radically different because you made the steps to say, I wanna spend time in the prayer place of prayer, reading your word, declaring your word, getting to know your heart. And from there, because that was, that was me, three months. It wasn't very long. There's like moments where I grew in my relationship with God. But like, I spent time in three months in the prayer room. Well, it was actually six months. Six months in the prayer room. But it wasn't the prayer room that saved me. It doesn't fix me. It was the time what I did with that time. Like I read the word, I declared the word, I prayed the word. I I sat with him, I asked him, I yelled at him, I got mad at him, I journaled around him. Like I just, everything that had about him, I just wanted to get to know him. And then from there, I started praying more boldly for things that I would never have prayed before. I would never have had the courage or faith to pray before. I I would never be so audacious to pray these prayers. And now I'm praying him because I believe that he can do them. Only he can do them. But you have to have that relationships first to say, okay, first, I need to look at you and know you and know what it is to be in relationship with you. It's like, so yeah, you're, this is good. By the way, Friday night was really good. We spent time just reading through Matthew 5. Marina and David, they, you guys came up with a great idea. Like, why not just take you up on the offer? Like, let's read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Like, let's just go through it. So it was just nice to slowly... Just read it together and then hear what people thought. And it was just I just the, the the takeaways were so good. But that was the whole point. Like, you know, the Acts two forty two through forty-seven. It cracked me up last so last week, if you weren't here, um you guys kinda you guys shared a lot. And I'm not even complaining remotely. I'm just it was so good. It was so nice to hear. So I would have had a part two and then maybe part three, but now I'm gonna have a part three and maybe part four. Or no, who knows? We might go keep going on. Um, because it's so important. Like, we don't, why do we get around the world? Like, okay, we're done with the word. All right, we got it. We mastered the word, right? Like, no, we have not. We have not yet, and I want to. We will, right? I like that. We will. Yeah. All right, so my notes say part two. but I have the right notes? Ah, I forgot to change my notes. So you have the right notes. There might be an extra verse in there. I realized this morning, I'm like, I didn't reprint and re-update my notes, so there might be one passage new. Sorry. I'm chewing on something. Um, let's see here. So we started with Matthew, or Acts 2. I've been, been talking about this. I'm just going to highlight it real quickly. They devoted themselves. Who are they? These are the people who came believers once they heard the testimony of Peter. He's sharing the gospel. He's going through and he's sharing these old prophets, these passages. He's got this whole language. He's like, he's operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking with boldness. It's transforming hearts. It's cutting to the, the, it says that the, the people were cut to the heart when they heard the word. And then they, what happened from there is they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching into fellowship, into the breaking of bread, into prayer. These things happen because And and the the reason why we will see later on that they they had all things in common, but here's the reality. There's so many that were added to their number daily because of this. You can't get around this. This is foundational. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship. You have to be around each other to prayer, to breaking of bread. Um, It's so important that we pray together. Do you agree with that? How many of you experienced, I know that some of us, especially praying out loud has been such a hard thing to do. Who would say praying out loud is like the most difficult thing they've ever done? Be honest. Yeah, just be honest. Like, is, it, do, you, do you feel 100%? Because I'm not seeing any hands and that makes me question whether you're being honest. <laughs> 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 Who's uncomfortable praying out loud? There's no shame. I used to be that way. Not as much anymore, obviously, but it's kind of like you can't. I get it though, right? It's, it's uncomfortable because you're being vocal about what's in here. What, but what will you believe? Because like, it, you can hear and believe everything here, but when you have experiential knowledge, again, like it's like gravity, it doesn't matter what you think here about gravity. Experiential understanding of gravity is so much greater when you've experienced the uncomfortable pains of gravity. And where you fall down those stairs or where you, you, you know, something drops on your head and you're like, oh, there's gravity, it's at work. Okay, thank you, gravity, it's at work. But now you have understanding, you can be confident that you like, yes, I will not stand under the icicle because eventually that icicle may break. Or, you know, I won't sit on that weak chair because it might break. You know, you start understanding what you can and cannot do. You start speaking and you start living a way where you're confident. So, but when you pray out loud, you're declaring things that are deep in here. And some of it may not be very confident. And that's okay. Speak those out anyway. Pray those out anyway because God's can transform your heart. He's like, okay, I hear you. Now, let me speak to you. And that's why you read the word. And you say, okay, Lord, I hear it. You say, you're the God of all comfort. Are you? I don't know. Are you? I haven't feel, felt it in my heart lately. You've been the God of comfort. So I need to know. He's like, and then he can speak. He's like, yes, I am. And let me show you. He's like, I can speak that back into you. So we, we talked. So I'm going to try to blaze through this. And I know you guys will have... You know, if you guys have questions, I want to hear them. We might have to take less time than last time, but that's okay. Um, just because I want to make sure you guys can take this into life group. These are questions that you need to go in. I love Mary that you've, you you have these questions and then you you dive into the word throughout the week and then Friday we hear more about it. And that's what's wonderful. That's the point. Go into it and then come back. There's a, there's an agenda to. I want to bring this back. I want to bring it full circle and I want to talk about it. So do that, uh, Matthew seven 16 through 29 the reality is people are going to know us by our fruit they're going to know us by what's in us what comes out um if i'm i I'm, if you see oranges growing off of me you're going to assume i'm a what i'm an orange tree now if you see some oranges and bananas you're like what, what's going on here i don't understand what's going on with your tree right here no but it would not do that It would be weird it would be like that, that's not you sorry i'm just still chewing on my little cough drop so um i don't want to chew in your mouth there we go. It's gone. All right. Um, but that's reality. We're like looking at people by their fruit. Like who, how are they living? Who are these people? So you see them. That's the people. And we talked, about, I think last, like, how do we know God's voice? How do we know that people are walking in alignment with God? It's their fruit, the fruit of their life. And when you see being, people being impatient, grumpy, hateful, and yet they're professing the name of Jesus. I'm like, I'm questioning the fruit. Now, again, that like, you're not saying I'm not, not saved. I'm like, but I can see the relationships hurting. <laughs> you know, I can always tell when my relationship's hurting with God is when my family life is a little uncomfortable, where I'm a little more impatient, where I'm just a little more short with things and I'm just stressed out. I'm like, wow, fear's coming in, anger's coming in. This is not of God. It's because my relationship with God is at stake here. It is being put to the side at the sake of my family. So I need to first put first things first. Because I will bear good fruit. I will be patient, kind, gentle. I will have those fruit if I'm spending time with God. And that's my desire. So it's always a good barometer right there. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go. I I read through that all, but I want you to read through it. Spend time in that because it's so important because this is the ending of his Matthew 5, 6, and 7 teaching. He's going through all of it. He said, but here's the reality. Many will say they know me. Many will say they know me. Uh, Let's see if I can go here. Maybe I've got this on here. There we go. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell him plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. He doesn't know us. He wants to be in relationship with us. It hurts his heart to not be in relationship with us. He says, therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and the beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Again, this is exactly what we're experiencing now. If you don't see shifting sand wherever you go, wherever you hear on Facebook, wherever you see people speaking their truth. Man, I'll tell you what, I see nothing but shifting sand. I see nothing but things that will crumble and fall. It does not hold its weight. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That is not what we want. We want to build our house on a foundation that is strong and sturdy and stable. Now I'm going to go back. God's word along, this is the first point I talked about last week. God's word along with Holy Spirit has the power to transform when spoken. Um, Just like in 1 Corinthians. I'm recapping for those who weren't here. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 through 19. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence. Sorry, I'm going to put it back up there so you can read it. Okay. not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who of us are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Man, I'm going to go through. I'm, I know I'm blazing through really fast, but I just we, we covered only a little bit of this last week. And so I wanted to make sure I was able to cover it fully. Um, because it, it's the power of God, the power of Holy Spirit and the word that was spoken. How many times I think we were even just reading on Friday, reading through the word, or when we prayed a few weeks ago, you guys, I and mean then Fred, and you guys were all coming up with different passages as we were praying together. It felt so powerful. It so, felt so encouraging to hear the word of God spoken, not in a way where we're reading it, we're bored with it, but we're like, no, Lord, this is you. This is who you are. This is you through the prophets. This is you, your Holy Spirit speaking, and it moved our hearts. I mean, we honestly try so many gimmicks, but man, it, sometimes it, what happens if we just preach the word and speak the word, profess the word? I mean, honestly, that's what Peter did mostly. He brought the word in context. He's like, here, I'm gonna share you about the word. And then it, the word of the Lord cut to the heart of those people. And they said, brothers, what shall we do? And that's in Acts two thirty-seven through 38. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna, I went back too far. Sorry. Man, I'm catching up. All right, there we go. We're getting, we're getting closer. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Because this was spoken by the power, it was the word with the Holy Spirit spoken in love. Now, there's people that will yell the, the word of God and it does not do what it's supposed to do because they're not operating in the Holy Spirit and they're not operating in love. It's just a black, clanging cymbal right? And then 1 Corinthians 13, it's just a clanging symbol. But the reality is the word of God is powerful. When we speak with the power of the Holy Spirit, it's so powerful. And you have Holy Spirit in you. You have the ability to speak and profess the word and do mighty works because God is going to work for you. Um, I think I skipped a verse. There we go. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, this can make us feel really nervous and feel sad. It's like, oh, great. Now you you see me. Here I am in all my splendor. You know, like, it's like when you're at the hospital, there's, there's, just, there's nothing sacred in the hospital. There's just, it's just you're there. If you're in the hospital, you're in that gown, you know, you're doing the awkward things, they're asking all the questions that you're like, oh, I have to tell you all my stuff. Okay, so we're just, you're sharing There's just no, you feel bare, you feel laid out. And, like, and then especially if the doctors come in and they're all talking around about you, you feel even worse. It's like, oh, Lord. But he's like, no, that's not how I perceive you. That's not how I want you. It's not like I'm here. I'm going to come at you and attack you with my word. I'm going to come at you and see you for who you are and accuse you and bring you down. He's like, no, it's that heart of David, that Psalm 139, 20 through, 23 through 24, that searched me, O oh God, because the whole passage before that, he's like, you know me from the beginning. You know me. He's like going through, you have all these thoughts about me. This is David declaring these things. He's like, I already know that you know me. But here's the reality. I want to end it with this. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He wants, we want to know him. We want him to search us and to know us, even though he's already doing it anyway. But the reality is he's like, because when you know people, and it's such a scary thing. Okay, marriage, it's a really scary thing to start admitting your real awkward vulnerabilities, right? Like when you're like, this is one of my pet peeves. You're like, wait, what? You don't like that about? Okay, like you just start sharing those awkward, uncomfortabilities, and you're like, but you start to become fully known, right? You're loved, but you're not fully known yet. And then they know you more. They get to see you. They around you. They spend time. They start getting all those little like oh. Even from the back of your head, you're like, I know what you're thinking. know <laughs> That known, that fully known. And that's what God's like, I want to fully know you. I want to be fully in love with you and I want to fully know you for who you are because I do love you. I chose you. We want his perception of us. We want to invite him because we want relationship with him. We want him, his word to speak into our hearts. We, I talked about this before. We want him, we want to allow him in to do what he needs to do to restore what needs to be restored, heal what needs healing, and to get to the heart of the relationship and begin walking with him truly. Man, praise God, because he wants to search us. He wants to know us. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. So I'm just I'm building up because the context was actually for the next one. So all this context is we're talking about. In the past, God spoke right through our ancestors, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and whom, through whom also he made the universe. So we get to hear from the one who spoke the universe into existence. We get to hear from the God. Like when we read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, pause there for a second and breathe. Just remind yourself for a minute, like, Lord, I am reading, I'm reading the word. I'm not just reading these things that are good attitudes and things to do. I'm reading the words of the one who spoke life into existence. Does that blow you away? Just for a second, pause and look at them. like, When you're saying this, blessed are those, you're like, there's a huge blessing. You're going to, the God who's the God of all creation is going to bless those who are poor in spirit. He is going to comfort those who mourn. He is that. This is him. But also, he is the one that exemplified these things. We talked about it um, Friday night. We talked about how he exemplified each facet of what he's talking about. He's not saying do this and not doing it. He's doing it. But when you go through, when you read these red letters, you're like, okay, Lord, I need to look at your word and realize, especially you know, when you look through the gospels, like this is the God of all creation. This is him speaking to me. He loves me. When he's praying, he's praying for me. This isn't just some weak prayer. This is a powerful prayer. John 15, oh, was it 15 16, 17, for sure 17, just reading through that, like, oh my goodness, this is God speaking about me. Long before I even knew him, he's speaking and praying for me. So when we read these words, we want to align our hearts with the one who knows how to put order into order. He knows all things. And we want this, the this, this son who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, who sustains all things by his powerful word. I'm putting it in a little different context. Obviously, I'm not reading verbatim. After he, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. This is the God who we want to know and who wants to know us fully. And
4: that's the God
3: that
0: sits there. and the whispers in God's ear. Yeah. yeah. He intercedes like... I'm praying for this one. I love this one. He's not bored. He's not tired. He's like, oh my goodness, they're doing it again. Like, no, he's just like, I love them. Help them with this, Lord. He's all talking to the Father. He's connecting with the Father. And all we're doing when we pray and declare the word is just partnering in prayer with him. We can't do anything without him. So second point, God's word is our plumb line and foundation. I think it's really important. I think I might cover this a little bit last time, but how can we know Truth. How can we know truth? That's 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 the question of the day. You know, like I've never thought I'd hear the phrase your truth, my truth, this truth, that truth. And I'm like, wait, hold on. At this point, I don't think the, you know, I, I think about the um I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> like that have you ever watched um what's, uh The Prince's Bride? Inconceivable. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched that movie. After all, he's like, I don't think you know what that word means. After all, he's like they're just kind of accusing He's like, I'm using a word, but really, honestly, this word becomes nothing. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And obviously, you don't understand the meaning of this word. So for truth, we need to know what, how to find it, how to become in alignment with the word. We live in a world of those, this, these truths. And then we start beginning to enter a place of shaky ground or shifting sand. It's like, okay, so like, this is truth, okay? And you start standing on it, You're like, but why am I shifting? Why is this not adding up? There's something that's wrong. And then you just like, and then it crumbles and it falls. And when the hard times come, it doesn't stand the test of time. But when you build a building, so I'm going to ask Jack, because I know he knows, um, there are absolute truths you need to obey. Like, okay, so Jack, what, is, what are some absolute fundamental things if you're a start building, if you're going to have something that's going to stand the test of time, what do you need? Foundation. Foundation. Do you like, like, so I don't know if you have like any other, like, cause I was like, I know you do architecture, I know you've done building. I was like, that's like, you know, framing. You need a good frame, but you need a good foundation. You need a good structure. Is there like, there's not really good benefits, you know, on, on sand. <laughs> it all starts with the plans. Starts with the plans. If good
3: plan, you're
0: in yeah. Am I missing anything else? I just want to make sure I'm not missing like a good, good foundations where it starts. Like if you have a bad foundation, which again, like you've probably seen some bad foundations where like, why did you put it here? This is a really bad place. Um, you know, and then it starts shifting and cracking. and you have major problems later. Like if so, I mean, could you imagine building a building on sand? Is that something that seems like a good idea? I don't know. Like they probably have better ideas now, but I don't know. Probably not. So the, the reality is, like, it's so important that when we are walking a relationship that we maintain the foundation, or as uh, Jeff had said a few weeks ago, those roots, we build the, establish the roots. Something, because it talks about Jesus is the cornerstone, the one that the builders rejected. It talks about he is this stone that cannot be moved, who not, will not go away, who will stand the test of time. But the reality is sometimes we're living off of other people's foundations, which are not stable, which are not foundation there, I mean, you, you've seen it. I've seen people, they, they seem like they've got it all together. They seem like they have everything right. And it's like, but it's not plumb line to the word. It's not plumb line to what God is doing. And it seems like, oh, they're succeeding. They're doing good. And then the crap hits the fan. And then it's like, oh, now I see what your foundation looks like. It is not, it's not functioning anymore. And in fact, it's starting to crack and your your stability is gone. It's so sad because I've you know, I've known brothers and sisters in Christ who for the most part have been walking along with the Lord and been so good in their faith and walking it out. But then they start doing this thing where they stop going to that place. They stop talking about God's word. They stop talking and they start coming up with these nice for the better word colloquialisms or ways of saying things that just seems that seems like real smart. That seems wise. And it seems wise in their own eyes. And they start kind of getting away from the word and like, oh, before they knew it, I don't hear them talking about God anymore. I don't even know about the relationship. And they've got, they've, and then it starts branching into spirituality. And I've just seen that happen too often. And then I've seen this moments where the fan, that stuff has hit the fan and they are like, what happened to you? They're broken. They all, they, then they go way off. And then they just, they, they're everywhere. And they just, they've hit this place. They're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And they just find this complete. They're just broken utterly and completely. And it breaks my heart because too many of my friends, even just relatives, have done that. And it breaks my heart to see that for them. because. But I know what the root is. I know what the problem is. But it makes me sad because they've gone away from what is true. They've gone away from what is plumb. Now, we talk about plumb line. Um, this is Amos 7. Oh, sorry. Did I put this up there? Okay. Well, I'm sorry. That was rude of me. <laughs> Amos 7, 7 through 8. We talked about this passage, uh, this book of the Bible a little bit. Um, this is the part where Israel is so way off the reservation of what God is supposed to be, it was calling them to do. They're living and they're seeing, they're seeing the blessings of their, their basically, their in ungodliness. So they're, they're making a bunch of money off of poor people. They're, they're reaping the benefits and like, oh, look, God's blessing us. He must be okay with what we're doing right now. He's like, actually, I'm not okay with it at all. You're way off. You're way off. And he said, in fact, he actually, he gave them, um, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the word when you have a drought, he's like, you're going to have a, you're going to experience a drought. It's not going to be the normal one you're going to think of, though. He's like, it's not going to be water. It's not going to be food. It's actually going to be my word. I'm going to hold back my word. And, he's, and he talks about in seven, seven to twelve. He said, "This is what he showed me. This is God talking to Amos. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, which means if you've ever like, have you ever built anything like you've got the level and it's true to plumb? It's it is not going anywhere. It's not leaning at all. It's true to plumb." with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. And the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. He's got a harsh reality. He's like, I've warned them. I've brought the reminder to them. He's like, this is me warning them. I've told them time and time again, you need to stay true to my word. You need to stay in line with my heart. It's so important. And the, 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 he's not, it the, the seems like he's harsh. It seems like he's a very harsh God that he's just going to judge them harshly. But he has told them time and time again, he's like, you need to see where the plumb line is and you have gone by your own truth. You've gone by your own opinions. And and in fact, later on, it talks about, if you read through that, I'm going to kind of pick through it a little bit. But he's talking about how this is what he's going to do. The Israel will be ruined. My sword will, I will rise against the house of the king, which is Jeroboam. Um, And the, Amaziah, I'm not sure how to say his name. Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, the king of Israel. He's, he's nervous. He's like, Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words. For this is what Amos is saying. He's like, Jeroboam will die by the sword and Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, get out, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. He's kicking him out. He's like, you don't even know. You, you're just trying to make money off of speaking the word of the Lord. He's like, sell your crap somewhere else. You know, like that's, that's what he's doing. He's like, go to Judah. They'll, they'll deal with it there. The reality is the priests starting to even in alignment. They're like, no, you, this can't possibly be true. We are, we're hearing from the Lord. The Lord isn't saying that. He's like, no, but that's the reality. He's like, when they're living in their own truth and they're no longer hearing from the spirit of the Lord, that's a problem. And here's the reality. I'm not, I, we can go into that. We can do a whole study on that. But the spirit of comparison, this is the whole part, spirit of comparison is killing us. It kills us. It man, that Comparing how we're doing well versus another person, we need to truly behold our God and King and say, encounter him in prayer and in his word and, and through the power of his Holy Spirit. This is where we find our plumb line, our level, our foundation. We say, God, search me, know me. I want to know if I'm living right. Who cares about this person? Because I could pick them on, pick on them all day long. I can find everything wrong with everybody around me. Of that, I forget to say, God, what about me? Am I living right? What am I doing, Lord? Am I living the way that you called me to do? Because we ask those questions, right? We, what should I do? God, what does God want us to do? How then shall we live? Like uh, those are the questions that some of the people have asked Jesus. And he tells us very carefully in Matthew 5 through 7. It shows us what a true follower looks like. He's like, no, you're, you're going to be poor in spirit. You're going to need me. You're going to hunger and thirst for righteousness. That means you want to be in right standing with me. When we read through this, uh, I'm going to actually read through them a little bit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He says, God, you need to be poor in spirit. Be poor in spirit. You need to know know that you have nothing. You can't build anything in your own self. You are poor in spirit. But I'm going to give you the kingdom. If you mourn, I will comfort you. If you mourn your sin, if you walk in repentance, I will comfort you. Blessed are the meek, the ones who submit to my ways, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We want to be in right standing. He will fill us with that. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Sorry, I'm really doing a bad job with my my slides today. I'm just getting excited. I got got two things in my hand here. Multitask. No, but when we read these things, you're like, Lord, this is the plumb line. You're just, you're not hateful, but you're calling us to a standard. You're saying, come back to me. Don't compare yourself to other people. Because that was what the, the Pharisees were doing. That was what those, the, they were just like, oh, yeah, we're not, we're not like them. We, this is how we shall live. This is, this is it. This is how we should be. He's like, no, stop looking at them. Stop looking at others because you can always look better than other people. You can always look worse, you know, look better than the, the worst of the worst. But he's like, no, look at me. Behold me. Read my word. How then shall we live? Lord, am I living as a light on, as a, on a hill? Am I, am I being a peacemaker? Am I, am I actually merciful in my heart? Am I experiencing and showing mercy? Man, we want to live and look like Jesus. He says, You are the salt of the earth. Sorry, this thing is going a little fast. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. That is not our desire, is to be useless. We want to be useful in the kingdom. Like, Lord, search me and know me. I want to be, I don't want to just be a survivor Christian where I made it to the end where he came back, but Lord, I want to thrive. I want to be on mission. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be life sustaining. Man, we read that, and we read that this passage before already. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine, those Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, anyone who's heard these words and does not put them into practice is like a wise man who built it, who does put them, it puts, it's like a house. Let me try that again. <laughs> anyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's our desire is to build it on the rock. If you ever want to discover if you are in right standing with God, I just invite you, pray, invite Holy Spirit to speak to you. Say, Abba, encounter me with your love, your correction, your godly correction. Am I living this out? Am I walking this Matthew 5, 6, and 7 out? Am I holding anger towards somebody? Am I, am I coming to you in pure worship? There's, 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 you read through the whole thing. You will find somewhere, praise God, that you are in the wrong. Isn't that okay? Yeah. That's good. You know why it's good? Because it's good to do it now. I don't want to do it later. I don't want to do it when God comes back. I'm like, Lord, I could have. No, He's like, no, correct now. Correct me now. Correct my heart. Keep me in alignment. Because the Lord isn't angry and he's not mean and unkind to you, but the Lord is slow. This is a praise God. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise because he will come back. He will bring justice. He will do these things as someone, he's not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead though, praise God, he is patient with you. He's patient with you. He doesn't bring instant justice. Praise God, because like, you know, we all ask for justice, right? We've, we have these court cases we follow. There's these moments where like, justice, Lord. He's like, no, I'm not slow. I'm not slow to give justice, but I'm patient because I want what's better for you. I'm slow to anger. said he is patient with you because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. and this is Luke 18 I I just I've been reading through this and I've just been reading this book um, The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer It's such a powerful book but I've just been reading through this like these little moments where these people are coming to Jesus and they're just basically trying to prove that they're living good they're my good good okay he's like don't don't tell me what I need to do just just tell me I'm good right that's that's what they want to hear but Jesus is he's like man you don't understand I I'm actually that's next week so Look forward to that. Um, But to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looking down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people. That's so cocky. (laughs) Lord, but how often do we kind of pray that kind of little... Like that mild, mild prayer. I, I pray that. I, pray, I should be honest about that. I probably have prayed that prayer. I'm like, man, thank you, Lord. I'm not like that person. But I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this, like this tax collector that's right next to me over here. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like them. Wow. Man. And this, oh, I love this. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Like he's earned it. Like he's deserved it. Like he can do this because he is good enough. But this is the tax collector. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus wants us to remain in that place of humility. This is the, whole, the point where I'm going like, to talk about We what, where, how do we find truth? Where do we find truth? When we come to the Word and you're like, really, it's all here? It's really all here. The Word, I mean, I've got my Bible somewhere over here. It's, I've been using this big old one. Like this, this, this big old thing, this has their answers. This has wisdom. This has all understanding. And, and, and Holy Spirit, I have this I have this resource available to me to where I could talk with you and you can reveal to me. And if I read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I don't read it like I'm just reading a memory verse anymore. I'm like reading it like I want to know this man, Jesus, who says, blessed are those. I want you to live this way. This is my blessing that I want to give to you. Live this way. There is a blessing here. I want you to live in a relationship. I want you to live like me. And to realize, if I'm looking at this and it's not matching up to the way I want, like you've called me to look like Lord, Lord, I need to repent. We need to be humble. And because that's the whole point, right? We, if the plumb line isn't to say, because like when we were talking about Amos, how many years had he been patient? How many prophets had he, had he sent already to say, warning, warning, you're not living right. I have mercy come back to me come back to repentance come back this is a warning this is the judgment that's going to be coming I have given you time I've given you warning I've given I've been slow to anger but here's the reality you guys aren't changing you're not shifting you're staying even more rigid in your ways and now you're off plumb. you're not even living in alignment anymore in fact your prophets which again you would hope you'd hope I'd be sharing the truth right where all the pastors and preachers are sharing a lie. And there's only like one or two pre- pe- I mean, this is the context of them. One pastor, maybe two or three pastors in their lives are sharing the truth, but everyone's shutting them out. Hundreds of pastors, all these people are going, no, ignore them. You're doing all right. You're doing okay. We're all right. We're not. And that was the reality. Amos was shouting against the wind. He was trying to say, this is what's coming. And Jesus has said, I'm this is a reality. I have a plumb line. I know what's right. You don't. I know what's true. You don't. You're living according and you don't even realize how far you are off. And man, he's so broken about that. Man, the Lord is so rich in love and mercy. He wants, he's slow to anger. So when I read these passages, with the context that there's hundreds of years of patience, I'm like, I can't even be I have a hard time being patient a whole day, okay? You know, they, you know, like when you're telling your kids over and over and over, trying to help them understand, walking in repentance, walking and helping them, showing them how to do these things. Imagine hundreds of years of patience, slow to anger. But he's not a God who doesn't want us to walk in alignment with, us, with him. He wants to walk in alignment. So we want to be close to God, sharing his heart. And here, so I want to make sure this is the two things I, I find myself either in one of these two camps. I, I can either find myself that's worse, somebody that's worse than me. Or I can find someone that's better than me. And I feel like garbage. Right? We can always find those two people. But when do we find ourselves like, Lord, oh, I love my relationship with you. I love my relationship. It's so rare. Sometimes it can become so rare. He's like, no, but here's the reality. These statements are false. There's not someone worse than you. And there's not someone better than, there's not someone better than, he's like, no, don't look at that statement. Don't look at those things. He's like, I've called you to be close to me, to walk in repentance. I've called everyone across the board to love me, to seek my ways, to walk with me, to be in alignment with me. Right, like Jeff shared, uh, Ephesians three fourteen. Like he's he's rich in glory. He wants to encounter each one of us in the fullness of his love. He's calling all of us to come to him, encounter his kingdom, his ways, and to be transformed into his image, to become like him. In Second Corinthians three twelve through eighteen. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, and now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, of the Lord is there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Jesus wants encounter. He wants relationship. And when we, I just, I think it's some of the things, I think it seems so simple. This seems too simple. Reading the word seems too simple and too, well, or maybe too boring. And you know, like, really, I read your word and dialogue with Holy Spirit, that's it? And I just talk with you and I connect with you? But that's the same way we connect with one another. When we spend time, we walk with you, when I talk with you, when we're you know, taking boxes, when we're sitting together and eating lunch, I'm getting to know you guys better. I'm spending time in relationship with you because if I just read your stats of who you were, I would never know you. If I just read things about you, but I never dialogued with you, I would never know you. So prayer. They committed themselves to prayer, right? To the teachings. To breaking of bread. Being together. This is what brought them together. And this is what kept them in alignment. But they had to be in commitment to the teachings and not being led by false teachers. Lord, I need to trust you. I need to be in time, my own self, and together with with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to encounter the Lord. He wants us to become more like him. He invites us into relationship. He provokes our hearts for true encounter. Like when you look at this, when you read you know, the Psalm uh, 139 and you read that passage of 2 Corinthians, you, I just feel like you say, look at me. Look at me. Spend time with me. Hear my words. Believe what I say. I love you. I'm rich in love i want you to look more like me i want it's like a husband and a wife you guys start looking more and more alike you start acting more and more like when when you're around i can't picture one of you without the other i can you guys start it's just the same atmosphere when you come in you bring in the same atmosphere it's it's so amazing but that's the it that's what happens when you spend time together he's saying look at me hear my words declare them read them out loud believe what i say when you're reading them out lord i I'm having a hard time believing in this, but Lord, I say, you say it in your word that you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Lord, you say this that I'm going to be transformed into your glory. I'm going to look more like you when I spend time with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want that, Lord. Help me to look at you. When we hear his words and we believe his words, we, we will be changed. We will be transformed into his image. So I don't know where you guys are. I know I said just a whole lot, are there any thoughts? I'm just like, I'm going to give a few minutes. I've got like two or three minutes. I want to give you some time. Keith, yeah.
2: Good. What I've gotten through this today is, and when after Laura got done speaking too, is if you want to be more like Jesus, you you have to be the one to do it. You've got to get more with the faith and you've got to Act and do things more like Jesus, like the saying is, what would Jesus do? You have to do it. Only you can do it. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, it, if you have any thoughts on it. But like, it's that, that sitting. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're telling Kathy, like, I just need to spend more time with you. I need to spend more time with you. Like, Kathy, I want to spend more time with you. If you told her that, it's a whole different story because then she knows it's that dialogue. It's like, man. And I do tell, I do tell yeah. him that. I tell
2: him. And I do spend more time with him. And I, it just increases my love for him to be more like him.
0: Yeah. And then you, and then you read through the word. And like, you're like, OK, Lord, this is like our conversation here. Like, I hear Holy Spirit speak. But this helps me to be in tune with how you speak and the character you have. Like, you get to know. Like, no, you're just I like, can't do it for you. No. I mean, Holy Spirit can do it, yeah, no. but that's, that's it. Apart from Holy Spirit, you can, yeah, that, that you're right. Because you, you can't have a relationship with him through me. No. And you can't have a relationship with, you know, through Laura or anybody. Like, you can have, praise God, you can have your own revelation of who God is. Like, he's going to reveal it to you. He's like, Keith, I want to show this about my nature, my character. But i mean it'll be in alignment it will feel an alignment that's what's wonderful we'll feel that cohesiveness because if we're all in the word together if we're all reading or praying together it's gonna feel right it's okay it's it, it, this says in your word this is this is why sometimes like when i've had people I'm like they've criticized like they you know like i don't know kale like, like how about you read this for a little while and that's been helpful to me because like i remember like i wasn't sure what god's character was or his nature was And like well how about you read here it helped me, it guided me to a place where I'm like, okay, oh, okay, I'm wrong. Good. I'm wrong right now. So rather, I would rather, because I want to get to know him better. And that makes me see, it helps me. I mean, that's why Michelle's like, don't pretend you know Jesus, this man that you're not in a relationship with. How about you read the New Testament all over again? Like you don't even know him. Pretend you don't. Because that's so cocky. Like if you just came like, Kathy, I know y'all, all your stories, you can just shut up now. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> that won't go over well. Like no, like she's like, and so what if it's the same story? Maybe you heard it differently this time. You're like, but you're loving hearing from her and that dialogue that comes from that. And so that's what we when we read His word, stop treating it like I've heard this before. Shut up, you know. Like uh, snooze, you know. Let me close this up. Uh, we're done. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> like Lord, like help help me to search Your word, read Your word. Like I've never read it before that people get
2: farther and farther and farther away here and then they get to thinking I tried that I tried that God thing it right. didn't work for me right. it's hard sometimes for them to come back in because it's like what did it do for me the last time I was heck I was all religious I was going to church I was doing this and that and, and then my whole world crumbled anyway so what good is that? And you have to find yourself to go back to the Lord and try it again. Yeah,
0: And, it's, and it comes paired And Sometimes it's other lovers in your life. Yeah. I, we have a lot of, we have those little loves in our life that we just kind of allow and slip in. It's like, but the reality is in our heart, we can't, we can't love two things. It's like he it talks about, you can't love God and mammon. You can't love God and money. You can't love your wife and some, another, some other person you're choosing one or you're splitting, you're never loving anybody. Like you're just, you're choosing your heart's desire. So like God's like, say, Lord, he's like, look at me, love me. Stop trying to love everyone else. Try to love, trying to love your, and pursue your passions and like put something else. He's like, no, you're choosing another lover sometimes. And we, that's why like when I talk about some of my friends who have their, are spiritual, they'll, they'll pair Jesus with, you know, New age and it becomes it becomes this and it sounds almost it sounds really nice, but the reality is is no longer Jesus they're talking about. They're talking about someone else that they've made up. And they're making their own God, their own image, and that is such a scary thing to do. But God is, man, praise God. Because he's like, I want to encounter you. He's like, I've given you all the things that you need. Just stop trying to look for other lovers. Stop trying to look for other things that make you feel good. Because he's like the reality is I've provided everything that you need through my word and through the Holy Spirit. He wants to encounter this place. Man, praise God for that. Any other thoughts? Or like, I know, but I want you to take it to life group too. I just like, if there's anything. Yeah.
4: I guess the thing I got out of it is it's now, one, never too late. Today's a new day. Um, what I want to know about God is more and really, for me, it is me, and I, I've i done it, is I read the word and my name's in it. You know, when they say them or her, it, I put my name in it. And it has, for me, changed that it is that conversational thing. And that, for me, has been more helpful than anything else. Spencer taught it here. Um, we did it at Dayhop, he and I, when I sang together down at Dayhop. And... God gives some really incredible personal images out of that. He shared with me, and I'll, and I'll share it. Um, I had trouble with night tears because of some abuse as a kid, and I sing in my sleep. Joyce lived with me, and she goes, you sing in your sleep all night long. She says, I'm not really sure how you're getting any sleep. You know, and in one of those processions of Psalms 139, you know me, um, place and I had my name in it. He shared with me, I had you sing at night because Satan can't visit you when you're singing about me. And that makes my heart sing because he knows me that well that he protected me from night tears when I wasn't even consciously aware of it. And, you know, that's how I've come to know him out of a place like that. And, you know, we've all got stuff. We, you know, none of us walked out of here with nothing. We've all got something. But in that intimate relationship with God, you can find out how much he really knows. And it's not just, you're a bug, here I am. I mean, I used to think God God was a big God, I was a pea, and here he was stepping on me. That was my, that was my little thing, you know? It wasn't a very good thought process, you know? And, but he's transformed it now into that place of I even know you in your sleep and I'm going to protect you in your night so you don't have to be on alert anymore. So Amazing Grace is my favorite song. Sings as I sing it from what they say every night.
0: It's a good song.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holy
0: song.
2: Um, the one thing I notice is in Second Corinthians three verse seventeen. Now the spirit, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's like everything that Jesus offers us. He's a to- total, perfect gentleman. He offers it. It's up to us to receive it. It's up to us to seek it. And the more of the freedom that we seek. And walk in the more we become like Jesus, because He was free.
0: Yes, and the whole pairs of that dream, like it's like He's just provoking us. It's like He's not like you're out of alignment. I don't you know, like, you're just a mess. It's like that would be just an awful relationship. He's like, but the reality is like, but I'm want to provoke you to jealousy to be in alignment with me. That's why He's like, I want that for you. I do you like? It's like a chiropractor just letting you live with a really awful back, like that would be just an awful chiropractor. He's like, no, I don't want you to be out of alignment, okay? I want you to be in alignment. It feels so much better. Doesn't that feel better? <laughs> you know, and they're cracking your back and you're like, just twisting your leg in the neck. It's like, the whole idea is like, it would be an awful doctor. He's like, you know what, good, you're good enough. I'm like, no, he's like, I want you. But it's not just like a, a doctor, which again, like could be so dis- distant, but like, he's a person, he's a friend. He desires to be a relationship, to be in alignment with him because he's like, this is better for you. Isn't this sweeter? Isn't this wonderful? Isn't it? it's so much better for encounter? So this is just where we're going to spend our time in. So I just encourage you, like whether you you know Friday night we've been reading through five, six, and seven Matthew five, six, and seven. Just spend time and ask the Lord. Okay, Lord, not just because I want to be just beaten over the head. I want to be in alignment with you. I like you. I like you, Jesus. I like being like you. I love to spend time with you. And this is what's holding me back. This is not looking like your kingdom. This makes me sad. It breaks my heart. We want to look like him. We love him. Man, it's like, it's, especially for those who have had, you know, rough parents, It it's hard to see it as a correction, a godly good correction. But when you think about correction is he is doing this for our betterment. He loves us like a good father that cares for us, not giving us a snake, you know, not giving us a stone. He gives us bread. He gives us what we need. So this is why I've just got to pray for you guys. If you want to stand, we'll just pray. Um yeah. Father, we just love you. Lord, we just long to look more like you. Father, we see what the world offers. We see a lot of brokenness. And it breaks your heart. Father, those who are living on shifting sand is not working. And Father, you're saying, build your house. Get out of the house. Build your house upon my rock. Get out of the house. Lord, we just, we want to realize where we are not in alignment with you, where we are living with things that are not good. Father, thank you that you do speak to us, that you do share with us in your word what you want us, who you've called us to be. You reveal to us. You're not leaving us distant. You're not leaving us wondering and want wanting. You're, you're giving us what we need what we need to look like who you've called us to be sons, daughters, brides Lord, we are called to look more in love with you to be friend with you we are your friends, Lord thank you so much that you've called us that so Lord, if we're living out of alignment Lord, I just ask that you just gently highlight these, these little things that we're, we're, just, we're struggling with when we're we're out of alignment and Father, correct us. Lord, we want you to speak into our lives more than anything else, more than anyone else. Lord, we know that you know what's best for us. We know that you know and you see our future. You've planned it out. You, you are so excited. You ordain our steps. You are so excited with what is in store for our lives. And Father, you just keep reminding us, stay steady. Come to me. Look at me. Stop looking away. Look at me. Become more like me. Be in alignment with me. So, Father, we just surrender our ways to yours. We give you our love. We give you our, our lives. We give you our hearts, minds, soul, and strength as on giving you praise, giving you worship. Lord, this is, this is worship to love you and to love one another. Father, we just ask that you bless this church as we're seeking to know you more. Lord, that we remain teachable. That we remain humble in that place of knowing you and, and not just being, we're not being pushed over us, so Lord. We're, we are knowing who the authority is. We know that you are the authority. We want to remain humble, teachable. We want to be a moldable. We want to look more like you. We want to love like you because, Lord, the world needs your love. The world needs your your kingdom. So, Father, help us to establish your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, establish it through us. Let us be your hands, your feet. Let us speak love and truth in Jesus' name. Amen.